Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast. We are sitting down once again. The time is right. The stars are aligned. We are going to have a Kiki Topics Roundtable discussion. Woo! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Was that the Highlander theme song? Yeah, that's possible. Wow. I brought my sword, guys. McLeod! <laughs> Yep, featuring Sean Connery, who's also Japanese and Egyptian, I guess? I, is uh, he Japanese? He right? was Egyptian originally. He was uh, the Tilda Swinson of that generation. <laughs> yep. Wait, yep. Wasn't he a Spaniard as well? He was a... Connery, we are big fans. Thank you for listening to us, and we do appreciate your Patreon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, $5 every month is sorely <laughs> needed. Exactly. And and in return, he just has us make a, uh MP3 file of us slowly reading from one of his uh, one of his movies slowly. Well, he actually makes us read the uh, Return of the King script, but in place of Ian McKellen, we use his voice, and he thinks of what could have been. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, well, he was in. He was. He was offered the role of uh, uh, Gandalf, and oh, he's that? like, "No, it seems stupid. I'll take. Oh, that's right. I'll take the uh, uh, League of Extraordinary oh, Gentlemen." Jesus Christ! Well, the world is yours now, boy. Yeah. Oh God, that movie was such fucking rubbish. Anyways, I'm joined here by Dan, uh, Billy, Jesus, and Angela, and we're going to talk about some of the most pressing matters of today for this very particular website. Did you say some of the most depressing matters? So we're talking about Numenera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, depressing, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm depressed every time I run that game, but that's another matter. No, I'm, I'm having too much fun, never mind. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why I drink. <laughs> um, is this now an intervention? If we cared. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a convention. <laughs> Wait, well, you're telling me a catacon is not where we sit down and talk to somebody about drinking? <laughs> all right, so i uh, got some questions here. They're all going to be Numenera-based, based on our Numenera cam- uh, campaign for The Long Shot, because we're just wrapping up Season 2. Woo! Yeah. Only uh, took 42 episodes. Thank you, Thump. Five seasons in a movie. <laughs> five, five seasons in a movie. Forty-two episodes, forty of which were traveling with Charmo. <laughs> it's like not even an exaggeration. Actually, yeah, you're right. Not no. even forty. I would say easily sixty. Well, they're only including season two. Oh, season two. Okay. Well, except 40. that we season one, we were technically Charmond was always the end goal. Yeah. Too. Okay. So it took us. Literally, the first game was us like getting on the like getting on the wagon. Guys, it's about the journey. It's about the journey. <laughs> but Charmin's not even the exit point. Charmin's just the place where we can begin our journey. <laughs> anyway, I feel like that's something that can be addressed. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. In the safety of the GTRT, once you've gotten some questions out of the way. They have knives. Well, uh, all right. So we've I'm got not sure some... who they is in this case, but yes. <laughs> we've got some... Are you being threatened, man? <laughs> Blink twice if, you, if, if Tham is threatening you. <laughs> I'm going uh, Alright, so we got some questions here about our uh, long shot campaign for Numenera from some listeners. Mm-hmm. Let's get to them and the inevitable train wreck that will follow. Mm-hmm. Starting off with, uh, it's them. 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 It's them. Them. Uh, so Sam asks, so a whole lot happened in the last 42 episodes. So I want to ask, okay, I, every time... Sam is a super wonderful listener. She's like, uh, she's a super fan at times. She tweets about us. It's great. But every time she asks one of these questions, I always imagine Moral's voice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the first one. Yeah. Uh, 
gosh. All right. We're all, we're all oh, getting the posture yeah. and everything. <laughs> what is the biggest change that your character has gone through since the start of the season? And <laughs> what, what motivated that change for them? <laughs> yes. 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 Thank you, Ange. Thank you, Ed. So yeah, what's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest change, uh, that our characters have gone through since the start of the season? And what motivated that change? So, um, no changes for me. <laughs> uh, you were dead at the start of the season. Yeah. Yep. I was dead at the start of the season. So what motivated coming back to life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, clerical error. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a rounding error. We went up. It should have been down. <laughs> um, yeah, for my own part, uh, I mean, the the whole Tagos arc was uh, that was the season, wasn't it? Like dying, yeah. coming back, yeah. and then finally dying back. Yeah, you died in season one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we had a couple of episodes of trying to figure it out. I think season season one ended with us getting the, the scene. Your the, memory wiped, so yeah. you thought he was dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yep. So then season two opened with Trent joining us. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, that was the biggest uh, change was playing Trim for a little while. Uh, we have a question about that that we'll get to later. Uh, but uh, playing Trim and then coming back as Tagos. Uh, and that was that was something I wanted to do. But, I, I mean, it was still very much up in the air for whether or not it would be more important than just playing a new character. Uh, and... Uh, and then I guess there was some other stuff that was revealed about Tagos. Um, and yeah, so the, I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, for my character was, was revealing a lot of the backstory that Jesus and I had cooked up doing some of the world building, but then being put in the interesting circumstance of my character not really knowing his place in the world anymore. And that was true for me as a player as well. Because once all of that backstory was exposed, I really didn't have any more secrets. And then it became trying to validate why my character was still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, the biggest the biggest change was addressing, just uh, addressing that for my, uh, for my character. Uh, and what ma- caused that change was uh, just stuff that we had, uh, that, we had put in place, but also like your characters. Was there always kind of a time limit on Tego's keeping that secret? I mean, it, it would come down to basically murder Billy's character or don't. Mm-hmm. So did you always know going in, it's like, yeah, this is going to come out eventually? No, in the original emails, I said, let's literally ride this train. He wanted to keep it as long as possible. Then morale kept rolling so well. Oh my god, uh, yeah. yeah. I just love how you just said, like, you know, like, uh, I, I had my one secret that I was left, and so I had to figure out what to do. I was like, like the rest of us, because we <laughs> don't have secrets. All of us told you, everything put on the table, asshole. You gave us a fake folk guy. I don't even think Tagos is your real is the best. <laughs> You're the so, most underutilized, underutilized uh, folk guy that I would complain about all the time. Yeah. So like he just doesn't use his mind over mouth. I don't understand it. Yeah. So that was uh, so. So yeah, the biggest the biggest arc was definitely uh, uh, biggest change was Tego's being honest with everybody. And what uh, honestly, yeah, what did cause that change was Angela's character just rolling so damn well <laughs> that everything just fell into place. And immediately to fight that, because it, it, it fits so perfectly, the dynamic that we've got going on fits so well with what I envisioned for Tagos, that it would have been lunacy and wildly selfish to fight that. So so right after that started happening, I emailed Jesus after every game, be like, this is fucking perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
and, and so yeah, that was uh, that was it to, for me. Actually playing the, actually playing not just new character, but going back to the old character and playing that character for realsies mm-hmm. uh, was was the big change. I I killed the whale. That was Wait, season what? one. That was season yeah, one. Yeah, no, still counts. It still that's counts. That's still the defining moment for my character, yep. really. Uh, no, I mean, you, no, you didn't kill a whale. You freed a whale. Yeah, freed a whale. Yeah, you killed the people on the whale. Yeah, Not oh, intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I need to go back. <laughs> oh my god, I'm Charles, in the... Charles, not done. <laughs> I'm in the wrong timeline. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. Yep. The whale lives. <laughs> and he voted for Trump. <laughs> no, that whale is Hitler. Why did you let me free him? <laughs> so I still stand. But no, I mean, Cohen has, has mostly, uh, you know, he's become a little bit more sort of human and attached to the group as, as we go along. And, uh, especially his, uh, sort of learning, you know, as he learns more and more about himself, he becomes more and more of an individual rather than how he used to see himself, which was just, I will sing the song that ends the world. And that's it. That's my defining characteristic. It's like, no, now he's Cohen. Who will sing the song that ends the world? Yeah. His name is Cohen. But it'll be your choice. But it'll be his choice <laughs> to sing the song that ends the world. And it'll be an easy choice because this world needs. needs I just ending. see Cohen sitting on like on a stool with a fedora over his head <laughs> oh, on like, a CD cover saying, Cohen! The song that, <laughs> sings, that sings the song that ends the world. <laughs> with Michael Bublé. Yeah. Uh, no, with Johnny Domino. Oh, yeah. Oh, God! Uh, have I ca- my character's changed much. Uh, I suppose uh, just trying to give them a little bit more personality on mm-hmm. both sides. Uh, beyond the happy one and sad one, mm-hmm. Beckus is more free, uh, independent. Uh, and so I've made my whole thing has been trying to make him lose his faith, mm-hmm. and, but not in a bad way. Like he's like doesn't want to live. He just doesn't believe what he was taught back in the day. So he's excited about actually just being. A person going out, drinking, having sex. Hasn't done that yet. He's working on it. <laughs> uh, and then while Vekas, I really wanted to get into the, the monk lifestyle. Like he kind of gave up on it when he thought he was going insane. Mm-hmm. But now that he realizes, no, I am on a, my gods have literally did this to me in order to make me help them. He's kind of focused, falling back into it, not eating meat meditation, getting angry at his brother for not doing meditation. So it's, I guess this season two has been just trying to define the two and also defining what's like happening to them now that they're no longer, they're having a harder time speaking to each other um, without just speaking to each other. So um, just kind of progressing their predicament without giving too much away. And Morale has changed class in season two. She's now a seeker. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (laughs) After learning the truth of your people. Yes. Uh, So that's really cool for Morale. And uh, I think the second part of the question was like, why did we make these changes, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What caused these changes? So uh, for Morale, the the change in class was totally out of character. It was... Jacks have magic, and we all know how I feel about that. And Seekers don't. Yes. Seeker, you just get to be Indiana Jones. I'm like, yes, that's morale. <laughs> I, mean, I remember, because, like, like the before, like, an hour before Jesus came, we found Seeker. Mm-hmm. And what we were going to do was going to be that morale episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus was going to give her magical tattoos, so it was going to be like, her magic was mm-hmm. nanites. Yep. And then she's like, actually, I want to be a Seeker now. And you're like, 
and then it's a guide instead of tattoos. It's it's a book of secret knowledge. <laughs> so that's going to be uh, really fun. I think it's going to come up more in season three. Jesus and I have already been talking a little bit about what to do with this new skill set for morale. Um, otherwise, the other change that I had a lot of fun role playing for Morale is because we didn't have Tagos for so long, and it was established very early on that Tagos is the adult of the party. He goes so far as to call the rest of us kids constantly. Yep. And then we didn't have dad. Mm. Dad left. Dad went out for cigarettes, <laughs> and he didn't come back. And uh, it was very well established that Varric and Vekis aren't the greatest talkers. <laughs> Cohen just wants to end the world. So Fair. we're all sitting there trying to negotiate <laughs> shit. And Tagos would have been appalled by the shit she was pulling. Because remember remember when she got the book to lead them through? <laughs> I think this is technically end of season one. But when she negotiated to get that book that was supposed to be a guidebook. The guidebook. Yes. Well, <laughs> supposed to be a guidebook. <laughs> yeah. And it was terrible, <laughs> but Morale was so proud because she negotiated well, that, to spend like that, 10 extra shins for that. Yeah, you, but that book ended up really being helpful. Only because you rolled a nat 20. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like, you're like, I'll get a book. And it's like, oh, wow, this is, you keep on rolling really well to like find the answers. So that book paid for it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you, you, you changed classes. Uh, and what, what primary, uh, changes stat wise did happen to Morale? No magic. <laughs> no magic. That was was that enough? Was that enough? <laughs> well, first well, of all, there's no magic sabotage. in the game. It's all nightmares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you lost so, sabotage. Yeah, I so I lost sabotage, which is I think we're going to talk about this a little bit uh, later as well. But sabotage is one of those skills where it's like, why are these things all lumped together? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it was lock picking. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, jury rigging or you know uh, setting traps and Numenera. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Why does that fit mm-hmm. in here? I don't. I get it when you think of it like Numenera being oh Numenera being also technology, but then it's all, then I guess go back to saying like Numenera is too freaking powerful. Yep. So, that's, so yeah. it makes sense, but I don't like their logic that yep. they started off with. But now I also get things like tinkering, yeah. which is going to be really fun to explore this this explicitly mechanical side of the world as applied to the implied nanites of the magic system. Yeah, the implied nanites. Mm-hmm. It's totally based in reality. Grounded in hard science. I don't know what your problem with the powers are. Not even powers. They're just special skills. Mm-hmm. They're like fidget spinners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fidget spinners for nanites. Oh, and hey, Zeus, you've got a follow-up oh, do I? question here from Sam. <clears throat> uh, were there any challenges you put forth specifically to confront characters and encourage that kind of development. Whales. Yeah, whales will. <laughs> yes, whales is part of it. That there was were two examples of what I did, because I do like challenging my character's morality. Sometimes it works, sometimes you kill a bunch of people on a whale. Uh, <laughs> when it works, Look, you have... Let he who has not murdered an entire city <laughs> cast the first rock. Sometimes it works because you challenge <laughs> a person... a whole bunch up there. <laughs> sometimes it works because you challenge a person's entire faith. I had the reveal of the church to see what Vekis and Varric would do, finding out that their church has been systematically killing twins for generations. What dick moves. <laughs> to protect the faith, they think it's justified. Anyone who's seen uh, The Shining would say, yeah. okay, sometimes some twins got to die. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it doesn't go the way you expect when you give someone who's half were monster the option of, do you save the whale? Or save the people? Whale! Wait, wait, I just, I, let me explain about the people up, up 
No. Oh, don't act like <laughs> no, you no, no. You weren't pushing us to kill that, kill everybody. It would have. I, I feel a part of me wanted to see it happen because I like to see the world burn. But that wasn't exactly the way I intended it to go. But I love the way it went. Besides the murder, <laughs> that's ninety percent of. The way what? it went. Yeah, yeah. yeah what else? The rest yeah. was water. I also liked how it helped with, like, you know, the tax and property values really <laughs> went down. Yeah, they went down to the bottom of the seafloor, Jesus, because they all died. Jesus. Also, for, uh, to, to talk about season two again. Oh, of course. Uh, but specifically. Involve with... whales. Right about whales. <laughs> no, but it still involves Cohen. Yep. Uh, because we learned some uh, stuff about, yep. about oh, Cohen yes, that... and, and what was, there was controlling shit going on. Yeah, yeah, on. he's. He's learning that he's a created entity. His yeah. purpose is to destroy the world. I, I am a bioweapon. He, you are essentially a bioweapon. So the, the I'm shifting your focus from that morality to choice, to yeah. freedoms. Like you're a created monster. You're supposed to be controlled. You're trying to tear yeah. away from that. And what you do about that? Like if you guys have read the short story, you should read the short story. You realize you begin to realize like there's these digital beings who are essentially gods because they can manipulate time and space, etc. Who created Cohen for a purpose? But they're all powerful beings. You're essentially going against God. Yep. That is so far the story where the story might be headed. Sweet. Which I thought would be super interesting. I'm a punch god in the face. God's just you. Punch them both, have two fists. <laughs> and the, a boatload of spikes. Yep. yep. If the gods did not want they have me. 65 faces each. Yes. Yeah. If the gods did not want me to punch them both, they would not have given me two fists. <laughs> Alright? Does seem like it's a funny plot. Yeah, yeah. true. True. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sam. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Sam, for that, uh, series of questions. Uh, the second series of questions uh, comes from Gerd. Also, could be Jerd. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jerd. I'm, I'm a soft G kind of guy. Oh. A soft G kind of jot. Is the Gerd the word or? Uh, <laughs> get jet out. <laughs> All right, so let's. Uh, we're starting this GIF versus GIF argument again. Uh, yep, yep. The one where I'm right and you're wrong. I burn. I burn all of you. <laughs> Um, it's a gift. <coughs> so, stop you, Jeff. <laughs> Dear Fandible Crew, first, <laughs> first, let me thank you for your great work and my weekly dose of Numenera. It is always great fun to listen to the five of you, whatever you are playing or discussing at your GTRTs. Well, you're welcome, Jerd. Thank you. Now to my Jared. question. <laughs> now to my question. As you have stated in the first season GTRT, you had some concerns regarding the Numenera skill system, and especially regarding the skill of the same name. After Season 2, what do you think of it now? I should leave because there's going to be a lot of screaming. That <laughs> <laughs> you should stay. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. If, uh, it seems like every time we've talked, we kind of share the same opinion of Numenera, for us, for like, I'll just speak for myself, I'm not going to speak for everybody else. Numenera seems way too... The skill. The skill. Vague, yes. Vague or just all-encompassing. It is literally the only skill my character has, so I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think it uh, yeah. is just fine. I think, but I think the problem comes from the fact that it is the only skill that you have, but and I have that, it yeah. at the exact same level. Yep. So so it gets in this thing, you know, I, it, I think having Numenera as, as it is right now, it kind of hurts characters. I mean, characters, Numenera, the Cypher system is known to have unique foci, unique powers, but when it comes to skill, it's like, no, you're all the same. So, in a case where, you know, we have Owen, uh, Cohen, who should be like, your knowledge of weird shit, yep. uh, it should be pretty much supreme, and Angela's knowledge of weird technology, you guys are on even grounds. 
feels like maybe it would work better with uh, something like the World of Darkness specializations. Yes. Where two yeah. people can have the same level and a skill, but one of them is specialized in a specific application, the other one is specialized in a different application. Yeah, something oh, yeah. like Speaking that. of the World of Darkness, what it does remind me of is the science skill from back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah before a... you needed to actually specialize, when you mm-hmm. could just take, take, like, science. Anything science my character is good at science. And that's what Numenera feels like. It's like there's this entire concept of physical reality and one skill governs all of it. That's like saying like physics also governs running because it (laughs) involves motion and fire and like, you know, everything, everything encompassing physics. Uh, yeah. So, so I think, yeah, I, I, I think we've been good about regulating that. During the game, or yeah. more specifically, Jesus has been good about being uh, upfront and a- addressing that since the end of yeah. season one. And he's been good. Like Jesus, usually, like if it's a weird, like strange feeling or just strange something in Numenera, Jesus will, I notice, will direct that towards like a first yeah. uh, Cohen. So Cohen gets that moment of yeah, spikes rattle. If it's, yeah. if it's yep. straight up weird shit versus whether it's a no, this tag. is a mechanism, yep. here's a device, then yeah, that should probably go to, to, yeah. go to Maroc. history of the world. Like, there are some times where, you know, we come yeah. across a strange creature. Ooh. It's even odds whether which one, mm. one of us would know yeah. it. So we can yeah, it, it feels like it should be kind of, uh, the way we approach it, kind of like, morale has the book learning mm-hmm. uh, yep. about it, and while for Cohen, it's like, more sort of an instinctive yeah. uh, kind of thing, because he effectively is like yeah. a walking, breathing Numenera. And like, I've pretty enhanced it by saying, like, like I've said it before, I think on podcasts, like, you are the, uh, Daniel, you are the scientist. Morale, you're the engineer. So yeah. basically, you understand the world, you create stuff in the world, so you don't understand those aspects of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> Cohen, Cohen generally will not be going around creating mm-hmm. artifacts. Uh, he has the capability to go in and like modify as well, but it's not, that's not really his thing. It's more like, no, he effectively is one, so he's got this instinctive, Feel and sense for 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 that because it that kind of whatever you know Numenera energy you know that that sort of permeates this he's part of he's right. literally part of that mm-hmm. but for for Morales like no she she has a an actual deeper sort of mechanical understanding of of, of the work while his understanding is I hesitate really? to use the word more spiritual yeah. but I was gonna say you're the priest she's the scientist I would say more yeah kind you, of a you get more yeah, like that. you you're, you get a feeling and this feels right to you and this is your knowledge from like you know yeah he's, he's more like so he's like this sort of weird self-taught savant if anything well, it's also another way that it's actually been described a couple of times yeah. I think is Dan you know this thing is very dangerous and you know it can do this sort of thing. Angela, you know that it is called this, it has this attack, it does this yeah. much damage. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, exactly. I, I have the experience of, I've read about this, people have told me about this, yours is, we are all part of this circle called life. And I would know, I know some Numenera people. And it's a close yeah. circle and it ends in the song that I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it some, always used yeah. to the song, man. I know yeah. some people in, uh, in the Numenera community would say, like, well, then that's what you're, you're doing it right, and that's how you're supposed to handle it. But I think yeah, but that's not, it's not the that's that not, way in the book. Yeah, it's not how it is in the book, honestly. Yeah. It's, I'll be very interested to see if in Numenera 2 yeah, yeah, they need to. Yeah, I hope so. I will say there is one more thing about Numenera, and it's more of a, the concept uh, of the cipher system as a whole. And we were talking about this uh, uh, Thursday, yeah. as used a little bit. I don't think they could, should have called it cipher system. Hmm? I think they should have called it the foci system. Mm-hmm. And it's not as sexy as sounding as cipher system, but okay, look at this. Um, Numenera. 
having random like artifacts and shit everywhere that you pick up occasionally and they're just everywhere makes complete sense. With the strange, sure. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of you're going you're jumping realities, there's you just grab some tech that to them they know exactly how to use it. You're just from a new different new universe, so you just hit it a few times and something activates. But then you get into the other games where they want you to play. They're like, oh, Cypher System, you can use it for everything. It's like, okay, Predation. It's like, okay, the Cyphers are the least interesting thing about that. Yep. It actually feels like it's a little tacked on. Then they're like, okay, well, uh, superheroes. And it's like, okay, so what? I, I defeat a bad guy and I pick up one of the Cyphers? And they're like, yeah. It's like, well, then I give it to the cops. It's law and order. I'm not going to use evidence. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't get to keep shit. Like, I imagine a cop to say, like, okay, we're busting them. I'll take the cocaine. You take the guns. <laughs> yeah. For later use, yeah. you know. So I think yeah, Spider-Man didn't take the Green Goblin's flyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like, oh, dope. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the problem is that they, they, by calling it the cipher system, they have to incorporate, in every setting they make, they have to incorporate Cyphers. the ciphers. Yeah. When really the most interesting and best thing about Numenera or the cipher system is the foci. It's the foci. Yeah, it is yeah, the, right. your descriptors and your foci are the funnest thing. You make a character really quickly. The fact that you add ciphers to it, that's that's something that you should just add per setting, not per like system. And that's my thing. I have a problem with the cipher system. It shouldn't be the cipher system. It should be the foci system or the discre- or something else. But it should not automatically say in order to play this, you need to have ciphers. Yes, I would. Takes on fandable. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Monty Cook, we know you're a listener. Uh, we appreciate your five dollars. Yeah, thank you very much, you and Sean Connery. Yep. Uh, and... Go have these. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're right, Monty. You should have really thought that through. I Fuck just, you, Sean. I don't know what Monty Cook sounds like. So in I had pictured him as a floating brain in a jar. <laughs> for some reason. Monty, Monty Cook? Yeah, Monty Cook. And like, you no, know. No. Monty Cook the ever-living. Monty <laughs> Cook! And then he gets into his, like, giant, uh, weird android, uh, yep. flesh body and fights the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'd watch it. Ah, oh, Krang. Uh, but the thing about, I would be fine with Numenera being, uh, the skill Numenera being so, uh, ubiquitous and applicable if it wasn't a skill, but it actually took the place of a power. Oh, we're back to the, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, bring Who, it. Like, well, so you mean something like, you know, uh, a smart jack who Numenera's? Uh, or more specifically, uh, you took one of your, uh, your abilities, your powers. So for instance, I can jump really super high or fall, mm-hmm. or you can like, you know, uh, was it? I can smash split, or whatever. It's I can called? split into two people. No, no, no. But when you punch somebody and do like eight damage, crush, or crush, oh, crush. And yeah. so instead of those powers that you pick when you level up your character, you can pick Numenero awareness. And yeah. then, so when we do interact with Numenera, the only way to have a benefit on that role is to have spent one of your precious power slots hmm. on this, and so, actually spent an intellect points to activate that power. Exactly. Oh, not exactly. a bad idea. And so that way, it's like, yeah, it applies to a shit ton of stuff. But this person. Like, you can fly. Dan can just tell stuff better. (laughs) That that seems way more even than, and again, as somebody who's playing a jack, we get a shit ton of skills. Numenera would have been the first thing I would have capped out if it was within character. Mm -hmm. Um, And if this was just a pickup game, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have just looked at this and been like, Numenera is wildly useful. Um, and, and uh, he still would have fucking lied to him. <laughs> yeah, so I would, I would... Ooh, 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 who dances in the moonlight? <laughs> um, and <laughs> still would have lied. Uh, but uh, so, so I feel like if it was a power, the Numenera, the skill set would make a lot more sense. But this follow up question, this this brings up another question, which is, 
aren't we supposed to be rolling just to activate ciphers? And we just kind of waved that rule away? We kind of do, we kind of do. It depends on the cipher that's used. Okay, oh, yeah. so we have to activate? We... You have to activate cipher. Like if, you, if you're fighting a higher level creature, you have to activate your cipher to use the device. So sometimes ciphers don't work. Yeah, and Numenera would be the skill that we're rolling in order no, to make think, that work. I don't think... Is, I'm not yeah, sure if Numenera but I mean, what else are you going to roll? No, I think you just use your straight intellect when trying to use a cipher. No, I, I, think, it's, I think it's I need, I need Because I've been really using it. I've been using it off and off, so I need to check for sure. Yeah, no, Numenera would be the thing to... If you tell me it's just straight up intellect, I walk off the <laughs> It should be Numenera. Yeah, okay, like, right. Based on how it is, yeah, yeah, yeah Numenera is literally... The skill that you then, would then use there, there, there's another reason. It's yeah. like then that's that's cool enough on its own. Like the, the have the ability to use a cipher that's better than anybody else. It's like that that. So once again, Numenera yeah. is so filled, bloated, really, mm-hmm. with all these uh, yeah. these instances of use. Like I can't just say like, listen, I'm gonna run. I have athletics, uh, or, no, I don't even get that. I get like run as like a fucking, as a freaking skill. Yeah, if you run and guess what? I can run. And guess what? If I need to climb, running ain't going to help me. Maybe the lore of running, I might be able to tell you a story, but that's I call upon, I call upon the patron saint of you say bolt. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's the thing is we're complaining about the skill set. We actually aren't even rolling as many times as we should be. So, I guess we could be uh, complaining about it a lot more. Is really what it, guys? Guys, we don't complain enough here on <laughs> Fanable.com. So uh, send us things to uh, complain about. Yep. And again, we we have been playing Numenera for two years. We clearly Has love it been two years, Jesus. year and a half, year and a half. Yeah. We clearly love the game. Yes, we clearly love it. It's just these are some of the things that just don't work for us. But it's weird because for some people on like the Reddit Numenera board, it absolutely does. They love the fact that it's such a broad broad stroke skill and they can't imagine the world without it where there are some people like us who are right yeah <laughs> yeah and also going forward there are some other things where uh numenera crosses over into things that should be the purview of other skill sets and so for instance a lot of the things that assassins use could be considered numenera at higher levels mm-hmm. like the very specialized Things like a dagger that only becomes sharp when you stab your opponent, like your target with it. Or like, you know, like a cloth that turns a different, whatever. Stuff like that. That would all be Numenera, but it would also be assassins. So like poisons. There are Numenera poisons out there Mm -hmm. that I'm interested in using, but I'm supposed to be good at poisons. And then you can tell me that suddenly Moral can look at it and be like, oh yeah, this is the thing that makes you grow four eyes and you see the uh, infinity of darkness and uh, drives the uh, person insane. Rolls a 20. It was developed by Jean Renaud. <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't know that just because you have Numenera. So, uh, I, I feel um, like. But I have been hanging out in the Oubliettes. Yes. So. Oh, God. I, 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 mean, I know this is, this is not a, a popular opinion, even of our group, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I think some of the descriptors are a little too powerful, though. Like, uh. Throwing I th- down. Th- going back to your poison, I'm thinking more of poison or disease. Like, do, mm-hmm. do disease have levels? Yes. Okay, but I just, I think some of the, like, I, I know Dan has one, like, uh, your, your ability to, and this hasn't even ever come up, but I was just thinking, mm-hmm. like, um, to cure illness or something. Creates works miracles. Works miracles. Works miracles. You have one app that's like, you cure illness. And it's like, yeah. well, what kind of illness? It's like, I just, I just cure it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a description. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I mean, presumably way too if disease, no, but that's the thing though. It presumably if disease does have a level, I mean, it's not automatic. I have to roll. If I don't make it, oh, you, so you, certain. Oh, okay. So, but it gets better if he has the Numenera skill. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, okay, so you have to actually roll over the disease. You just don't. Just, you don't. Yeah, no, every time don't. I use the power on you guys, I roll. Yeah. Oh, we've yeah. never been sick, so I, no. I, I well, no, we have never used. I, used, uh, used I mean, you points. cured his poison. Uh, his his poison that he had a while back. His yeah. gene take us his oh. poison. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so and any okay. time and anytime oh. I heal anybody, yeah, I have to. Yeah. Okay, so, and, and then, then I'm a horse. Okay, so I'm a horse. That's yeah. No, exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but okay. I think nay, nay, So no, that makes sense then. But I do think some of the descriptors are powerful. Too powerful, as in... Um, you mean the foci, not the descriptor. I'm sorry, the foci, yes. Yeah. Uh, the well, mutant no, was like no, my, lowest, like... My, my lowest position. My highest position is when you compare um, foci... Uh, when you compare foci of, like, you know, who murders. And they, they, yeah. Dave's like, oh, if I look for, at someone for, like, a round, I could just straight up murder him. It's like, that's really powerful. And then you get to the person who's like, I just walk through time. It's like, well, fuck. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're not even yeah, no, they're, the they're same not, They're not balanced. Well, yeah, they're they not do, balanced, but I don't even think do. that's a bad... I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think that is something that if you're going into Numenera and you're looking for a game that's balanced... That this is not the game you're looking for. They do a pretty admirable job for the descriptors because when I when I decided to actually go over to who murders because originally I was on the fence and so I was playing Tagos as if like maybe I was a psychic or whatever. Uh, I went through and I compared the supernatural foci to the non supernatural foci and I found out that when you have a non supernatural foci, you are rewarded with more benefits. More so skills, skills stuff, yeah. yeah, skills and very generalized skills. So so if you are uh, somebody who moves. Uh, you, you know, strikes with fire or something. It's like, okay, you get plus one damage when you use fire. Boom, that's your level two. This is, this is hypothetical. Or if you're somebody who, like, traverses the back alleys, then your level two is just like trained in streetwise, trained in notice, trained mm-hmm. in a- a- agility, trained in sneaking, tra- and like you just start ratcheting up all these things. And then you, you get into like, also, you're trained in anything having to do with criminality or law. And you look at that, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, that's like all the time. Because you can't do the thing that the guy who throws fire can do. Because the guy who can throw fire is really good at the thing that they can do oh. at that one point. Now, I, here's, I still I, think I, it's I just, an unbalanced system. I just want to step in with the whole with the whole dance foci thing and say it's only unbalanced. Uh, the ability to cure people from disease is only in balance if the game hinges on someone being diseased. And if a game hinges on that, that is so easily dispelled by a person who built their character, then the problem is not with the character, it is with the game. Mm-hmm. We haven't run into that. It shouldn't be something that we're worried about, because that's how Dan's playing his character. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus runs a game where he says, okay, it's a plague, Dan says, no more plague, that's not Dan's fault. Yep. Like, that's, that's, fair. that's your game happening. Um, and also, Billy, like, I would argue that the ability to turn into two people has been wildly useful for you, far more than anything else the rest of us can even. Hope this is to not do. me comparing, saying like I feel like I've been shafted. I was, I'm, my entire point was just saying I think some folk guys, mm-hmm. with for a group that, are, if you're going into this and you've never played Numenera and you're like, I'm looking for a game that I feel balanced, where it's easy to control. That's not Numenera because that's you true. need to go in saying, okay, so what can everybody do with D and D? You could say, okay, shoots magic. Uses a sword, heals people. That's really easy to do. With New Era, it's can eventually go through time and space. So it's yeah. it's a game that when you start playing with it, you can't just hop in and say, "Okay, everybody's a free for all." It's a game that you need to actually really take time to focus on, knowing what everybody's strength is. So yes, yeah. so that's what I was getting at. So yes, Dan, I thought Dan, I, I misinterpreted Dan's foci in the very beginning, but my entire point from the start was. It is a game that's not just imbalanced when we compare apples to oranges with people's foci. It's a game that it's also, uh, it's hard to know 
what you can send at somebody that will challenge one person that another person can't immediately fix. Uh, so, yeah. No, so right. that, that's that's the issue. And I think we've done a good job with that. But there are things that when you go into playing Numenera or any Cypher games that you need to go in, the GM needs to look at and say, okay. we. I, I even think De Jesus said, like, no time stuff. Yeah. Like, you yeah. guys cannot manipulate time and you can't go in. Don't get any of the ones that are like going into space. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know that's, that's, that's what I was getting for. Not that I don't think, I think I'm screwed over. No, I know that being able to split in half has been very useful in time. Split in two. Not literally split your character in yes. half. Yeah. Split which in half. was how I was going to kill you. Right. Uh, but the thing is, what's funny about that is, uh, with the mundane versus the supernatural foci, they generally continue on, uh, uh, a line where the supernatural foci, like, get more and more ridiculous. But then sometimes they throw you a real curveball. Mm-hmm. So even things that seem too powerful suddenly, tr- like, bottom out. So uh focus is mind over matter, the telekinetic one that uh, I was originally thinking of. Level one is, like, you can manipulate stuff with your mind, right? And you can get, like, you know, super strong with your, your brain powers. Level two is that it makes you strong and increases your strength, which, if you're playing a psychic, is not your best stat. Um, and so it like does this weird, like this kind of like weird curveball where at level two, it gives you something that generally can, looking at level one, you're not going to need because you made a character with a lot of brain power. Uh, and so suddenly, and so, yeah, you're right in the fact that it's not just balanced, but sometimes it's not balanced by itself, like, like against, against itself. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't progress along a linear path. Um, and uh, then there's the one who can actually, uh, what is it? Uh, the stupidest one is, this is just my personal opinion. Uh, what, what was it? Uses a shard of the sun. Oh, is right. literally a character who can just make things glow. Yeah. It is the worst one. <laughs> I thought that was the one. Is that the one with a laser sword? It's a laser. Uh, eventually, like a laser, eventually, yeah. Eventually, yeah, it's like rank five or six. Yeah. yeah level the rest one. of the time, it's like, you can cast a small light. Level two, slightly larger light. <laughs> level three, all right, fine, like a medium-sized light or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Congratulations, <laughs> you have a night light. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Top to bottom light. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, I would love to play a game with all of us choosing our, the, one of the worst cipher, like one of the worst foci that we think it Dan's is. playing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, Don you're, 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 I have to be given awful. a second foci <laughs> just, just to make my character more playable, alright? That was oh, pretty God. bad. That was, that was brutal. That was a poor choice. No, it was a great, great story. No, it's great been a great story, story and I, that's the only reason I chose it, but yeah. yeah. yeah that may have been the wrong reason. Uh, Gerd goes on for a, uh, with a PS question, uh, for, oh, for me. Uh, another short question for David. Will there ever be a return of, <clears throat> Trim Hextat, son of Ida, keeper of the tomb of the mother of Hamlet's? I just love that accent. Yeah. That's what they say. Um, there may be. I don't know. I really do like the character as well, but as was asked in a previous GTRT, would I ever play a character that statistically was such a contradiction? No. Um, because I have enough time, an uphill battle with dice, even in the best of days, mm-hmm. that I would love to play Trim, but I'd probably play a different foci. You know what would be really fun if we did like a, a different Numenera game? Like, there's a one shot, like, if I ran a Numenera game for mm-hmm. shits and giggles, and you had a character, and then immediately died. Yep. Like David dice, whatever. Yeah. Only to come back as, and you like, you're like, oh, he's dead. And then you sit up and you, and, and then like, I'm trim. You're just yeah. trim. Yeah. And that, that's how he's like, cause I think we've talked about it a couple times where it's like, trim's probably done that a lot where mm-hmm. he just travels to different dead bodies and wakes up and says, what the hell's going on? Cool. I don't even know who I am. I don't need pants. <laughs> yep. 
Exactly. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I will probably shoehorn him in there somehow. Uh, but, uh, we're, you know, as, as the game goes on, I'm, um, right now I'm more dedicated towards telling Tegos' story as it applies to everybody else's. Yep. Uh, cause I feel like I'm in a good facilitating role now. But he is not dead. He's not dead. It's Jer- like Jer- Cheat's death by the scripter. It should be. I- I think che- no, I think cheat's death. It's not cheat's death, but it's something really close or laughs yeah. in the face of death, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where basically it, what it is is you get a lot of heals, and I think if you get to a point where you will die, it's like roll three times and yeah. take the best thing that survive. There is something where I believe. Yeah. So like, anyway, uh, Dave needs that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I can tell you a secret right now, but I, uh, I, I just want to quietly take the power and see if anybody. Can, uh, it's a radio station, David. You gotta, there is an ability, I believe, at fifth rank for a jack, where you can ignore your first one in a roll. <laughs> and then re-roll. <laughs> I just gotta make it to rank five, you guys. You I are just... still in tier two. And now we know the real reason why <laughs> you want to switch our XP, uh, uh-huh. our XP method. Yep. yep. I just, oh yeah, that's an entire different can of Numenera worms. Mm-hmm. Um, Never. Was is is yeah. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that'll be after after uh, yep. the yep. next question. Captain Red Ram. Hey, Captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain also a super fan. Tweets about us a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually say nice things. Usually. Yeah. And Captain uh, El Capitan asks, "What has been your favorite moment this season?" Simple enough. What's been your favorite moment this season? That's a toughie. I don't know about you guys, but I listen to our long shot when we put them up so that I can remember what we just did for when we record next. Um, and so, so it's a little bit fresher in my mind. Um, never says die. Never says die. I, God. All right. So I'm kind of split for, for trim. It was definitely, it was definitely when I met when Trim met the rest of the adventurers and then proceeded to do some sort of weird improv where <laughs> Billy went along with it, where my character believes that if he draws lines, it makes a house. <laughs> and then Billy just ye- yes and right into it. And I remember, like, just, it was so off the top of my head and it just became this, like, running gag for the rest of the scene that it really – it. Let me, it let me, like, kind of really flesh out Trim as wildly eccentric and kind of figure out where the line is for eccentric and, and as a, uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna speak for your ability, but it felt like it gave you an outlet and other players an outlet to, like, kind of be sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Tegos is a very serious character. Right. Um, and, uh, you guys, you guys seem to be, uh, playing into Trim pretty, uh, pretty well. So that was, my probably my favorite trim moment and um my uh favorite uh uh tegos moment had to be i mean i i don't know if i can pick one from the fall of tegos's house of lies uh, like the house <laughs> of cards possibly where i got to introduce moral to the oubliette because we had because mm-hmm. i put so much work into how oubliette works and we've been sitting on it and i was like fuck yes i'm gonna be exposed as an assassin i really want this to be the like a good time because you can't just like it's you know the speakeasies of the of the dastardly world, and that was it was everything I wanted, absolutely everything I wanted. 
and then all of you got to go to an oubliette eventually, and it was this great shit show of, like, a complete, like, a troop of kids following me, and, like, also, but, like, all of you got great takes on, on, on who Tagos actually was, and Billy, in a weird flip, got to be really serious, you know, with, uh, with Tagos, when he was exposed to what Tagos had in store for him, and, like, that was really great, and those, there were those moments where Billy, as, as, his character was like, I just give me a backpack full of supplies, I'm just gonna head out into the woods, and, like, as David, I was just like, I can't argue with that. Like, he was just put in a really tough spot. Yeah, so everything having to do with the House of Cards uh, scenario, uh, but the oubliette in very particular terms. The uh, the introduction to the oubliette was going to be my choice for morale. Oh, really? Because that was uh, a really... I, it allowed me to really play up an aspect of morale that I don't think always gets to have much airtime, or at least not serious. There's a lot of Morale goes off on a, a tangent because it's funny. Or uh, it's like, I don't know what to do, so you know what? Morale's going to go find a weird thing and she's going to study it. And I think really her in the oubliette was a little bit truer to my original concept of the character of this is something I have never experienced before. It is very important that I experience this. And out of character and in character, I was taking copious notes. A session or two later, I flipped over my character sheet where I still had all of my post-it notes, and everyone's like, wait a second, are you a serial killer? Oh my god, that was so <laughs> yeah. incredible. That was Because I had so color-coded post-it notes, uh, including my my notes on the, the Oubliette. Uh, so I thought that was a, a really, it was a great character beat between uh, Morale and Tagos. It was, again, playing on this strange animosity slash respect slash like almost almost paternal feeling that I feel like Tagos has towards morale mm-hmm. uh, the, the, this relationship is super complex and weird and it was a new layer to that yeah it was like it was like you were taking morale along because you knew she was gonna end up in trouble anyway and at least it's like it's like when dad gives you beer because he'd rather have you drinking at home than out at some party yeah 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 that's uh it, it yeah uh, with morale at first and with all of you at, by the end of the second season, uh, I, I got a really good idea of how complicated, excuse me, uh, my character's life is with all of you. It was so much simpler when we were just sinking whales and killing <laughs> pirates. Tell me about it. And not, <laughs> not, not eating carbs and shit back in the day, guys. Um, so, uh, how about, uh, how about you two, Dan and, uh, Billy? Do you have any, uh, moments that you're particularly fond of? You go first. Thank you. Jesus, do you have one? Uh, we don't care. <laughs> the City of Echoes. I love having keeping secrets oh, yeah. from you guys, and you have, unlike Dave, David, uh, you guys discovering those secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys slowly discovering uh, why the City of Echoes is the way it is and trying to find a way to stop it was just amazing. Also, there was that spectacular scene where Cohen went to a kindergarten and turned them all into monsters. That is <laughs> funny. Yes. That does remind me of... Um, uh, there are moments where, uh, where in your games, Jesus, I generally can tell when you're just thinking up an NPC off the off the spot because they're silly, mm-hmm. sometimes obstruct obstructionistly so. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? Obstructionist, yeah. obstruct. Uh, we'll file under close enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> fix that in post. <laughs> Put obstructively. In. Obstructively. This is you, Sean. Obstructively. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh, but sometimes you really, it really kind of like fits the mark. And the pantless man <laughs> in the city of Echoes, who basically like put the final piece of the puzzle together for us and told us it was basically ghosts, 
Um, the Aeon, pre- the Aeon, the crazed, a- the, yes. the conspiracy theory Infowars Aeon, yeah. Priest, Aeon Priest, where yeah. he, he answered the door without pants, and then we joked that we hand him pants, and he says, just throws it over his corner, over his shoulder, into a corner that's just a pile of pants, <laughs> still dick swinging out, and we're like, alright. And it was like, oh great, cause it had been a really tense game. And then that was a very cathartic release <laughs> yes. of us just like laughing and you're still giving us plot. And that, I really, really like that. So in the, in the, in the, uh, city of echoes, that was, that was a great, that was a great city. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that in particular, that character was, uh, it's just great. <laughs> just great. That guy is yep. just great. Also, when we, when we fought that, uh, AI assassin, uh, yes. was it uh, Peerless Dominus. Peerless Dominus. That was a, that was the thing. Dominus Prime. Like no, Peerless Dominus. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of my favorite uh, moments because a he was just he was straight up dangerous to the group. He was also funny, <laughs> and 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 I got to basically go like, yeah, fixed him. <laughs> Good. Like no, he just literally multiplied our problems by like a hundred, man. <laughs> uh, it's a small scene. Well, I liked I liked playing Dash for yes. one episode. Yeah. That was fun. Um, but the one. Small scene I did l- I remember liking a lot was, uh, I think Tagos had made it back. He's alive. And the next morning, while he's down getting like a drink with, uh, Varric. No, it's me. Um, M- Moral went up into his room and decided <laughs> to wear his armor. And oh she, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. She put on his armor and, and she, rolled yeah, a rolled a one. So she falls over stuck and then Cohen finds her. And so did Varric. And she's like, help me, help me. And I, so, instead, we we just like slapped her on the face a little bit. Just like, good luck with this, and walked out and like had dad come in uh, and scold her. No, you guys did made worse. You guys put her put Tagos's shield, shield and sword yeah. in so, her like, hands. Like, yeah, like, like, a, like a, she was being buried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I thought that was a very that was totally that was when uh, that that's those are times when it's like, oh, okay, we're definitely coming together as a group and having those happy group things, other than just like we're here to survive and nothing else. So. Oh wait, this season was the season with the old lady who yes, was actually was. Uh, yeah, that was a thing. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. The, 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 the old lady the... assassin that is still waiting to strike. Yep, yeah, she is. <laughs> strike, strike you over and over. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that was. That was the uh, best line is when uh, the other woman I can't remember says like, "Sorry, I don't make for that, honey." You just <laughs> what's that? When the other woman after that session after having the other woman that you were that sold you the cart, oh the yeah, Jin says like, "Sorry, honey, I don't pay for that." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but oh, that's right. And then I went on this model like, "Yes, but if you did, it would be a lot of money, a lot, because she she wanted to seduce a young man. Yes, a young man." <laughs> Tagos just had fucking too much at that point. <laughs> just too much. Just, just, I've already decided not to kill this kid. Please don't make my day any worse. Um, and then I gave you Jinjin. Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, last question is uh, for me again. Sorry. Uh, it's probably because I'm the host. Yeah. There were other questions for you. I just cut them out. That's fair, fair enough. Uh, with the end of season two, we see Mr. Tagos starting up his own investigation slash tailor business. Does this mean he plans to get out of the assassin's business, or is this just a way to make some shins? Does Mr. Tagos ever consider getting out of the assassin's business? Now, I actually thought up the whole tailor thing before that game because I realized I was losing my place in the narrative. Because once once it was established in Charmant that... Thank you, Dan. Thanks for 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 You're adding the uh, <laughs> adding background sound. You uh, you want to get some more trains going by, too, buddy? <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, 
But that's my train summoning invitation. But yeah, no, I I uh, I did that specifically because I wanted to have some sort of investment in the plot, and the plot was going to an investigation way. And if you remember. Uh, Tegos was the one that insisted that Moral go to the library, mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted to, I wanted to establish that kind of guy in the chair thing. Um, and so, uh, does he plan to get out of the assassination business? No. Part of Tegos, part of Tegos, uh, 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 not logistics, um, uh, solutions is murder is a solution on occasion, but I was looking at the build and I was like, shit, well, I kind of painted myself into a corner because I made a character at starting level who's supposed to be this grizzled old killer. But statistically, that doesn't work. So where am I? So unless I'm, unless I'm saying that like at, you know, 40 something, Tegos is suddenly realizing how knives work, <laughs> that there's something else going on. So I looked at the, the, the build of who murders and I was like, you could also very easily make an investigator with this. Just somebody who also knows how to kill people. And so that is why, that's why I did it. Not planning to get out of the assassination business because we have a whole fucking like slide, side book, uh, that we can use. And it's, um, and that would mean stop going to oubliettes. And it's just a dynamic I really like. I just needed a front job. I needed a job. One of us needs a goddamn job. I was, guys, I was waiting a bar. I was bartending <laughs> for half of a game for reels. No subplot bartending. <laughs> So yeah, we do need to make some money. That's why I did that. Okay. Um, so thank you very much, uh, El Capitan. Maybe we should have asked for money from the queen. <laughs> I gave you guys. I you were in front of a queen. Yep. I wasn't expecting it. I would have worn my nice tunic. <laughs> I don't take handouts yep. even from queens. Yeah, I think that just for for me because that that was like Merle's big moment. It's like, haha, don't fuck this up, Angela. <laughs> it's like, don't roll David dice. Uh, and it's just we spent a year and a half trying to get to the goddamn library. And so I was like, I don't care about money. I don't care about fame. I don't care about power. I care about advancing my character's plot. And here, I guess it's been yeah. a year and a half of Morale needs to go to the library. Yep. And I would say another thing. It's like, what do you, how much, how much, do, I'd feel like Dr. Evil when he just woke up, like, I'll take 10 shins. <laughs> yeah. she's like, that's it? Yes. Like, almost getting insulted. Like, how much could I have asked her for without it being, too low or way too high. Because I feel like saving a queen is more than a hundred shins worth of like deal. One but, like, glow glow. Yeah. But I just think like, like a thousand shins, it's like, well, that's a lot of money. How do I carry that shit? What do I buy with it? Like, I just start buying artifacts, I guess. You know what's actually sad? That's roughly ten ciphers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, think of, think of how many ciphers we go through in a game. Yeah, it's ten of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess that, find an artifact and buy it. Buy yeah. some, like, smart milk. I think moving I, forward, I mean, I, my declaration of intent for my, for, for us is to not play the can we afford uh, a room together game. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with us now being able to afford better lodgings or wheels or weapons, stuff like that. Yeah, you've definitely supported a store where you actually have some cash to buy stuff. So how much money could I have gotten from the queen? A lot. Like 10,000? Could you carry 10,000 shits? <laughs> I can just, like, I just don't know, like, what could we have asked? Like, like you me just... asking the queen, like, when I woke up that morning, the last thing my character <laughs> thought he would be doing is asking a queen his payments for saving a kingdom. Like, that is the last thing. He woke up, I think, and he said, I hope I don't spill porridge on me today. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you could, like I said, you could have asked for you could ask for like ten thousand. You could have asked for property or anything like that. So. Could have asked for like I want artifacts. Give me three artifacts. Yes. Fuck, we really skipped out <laughs> on this, guys. Um, but I have a wing of the library named after my clan. Cool. Yeah. Boom. That's actually not bad. Yep. I mean, knowing everything about morale, yeah. Yep. Yeah. She would sl- if the if it was the choice between three unbelievably p- powerful artifacts and the morale Lucahedo, uh, like. Uh, gland, like science wing, she would slap those artifacts out of your hands. <laughs> like you're a monk, but you do not know speed. Um, so, so I think it it it, it makes sense. Uh, so we've we we have a, a lot of a lot of opinions on uh, Numenera specifically the skill system, but obviously we really like it. How Jesus? How do you feel that the story is going versus the story you wanted to tell? It's going pretty well. I had no overarching idea of where your story would go, right? Right when it started, but I thought, okay, someone's a half monster, someone's secretly an assassin monster, uh, someone's twins, someone's morale. And I just wanted to <laughs> go and see what happened. And that's that's yeah. monster, assassin, twin, morale. Yeah. So, and that's why, honestly, when you fought, when you reached the city of the Red Fleet, it was carp week. Because I had no set plan of how things were. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know what the tone of Numenera was going to be. Was it just going to be comedic? Was it going to slowly going to get more serious? I wanted. I kind of wanted it to be an epic, mm-hmm. but I've never done an epic before, so I wasn't sure how it goes. As the story slowly went on, and we started adding more to the story from each of your plot points, mm-hmm. I'm liking where it's going, obviously. But at this point, there is a definite end to the story that I'm thinking of, mm. because at this point, all of you have. Of backgrounds that no more secrets and everything that have they're leading to an end point. If you get us on a fucking whale and sink it, when you reach the whale. Also, I would like to point out that there's been an end point for Unhallowed Metropolis for like two years. You guys keep talking. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> you guys no, keep I talking. Don't. <laughs> That's a good point. Fair. Yeah, Angela uh, really stopped playing that game in 2011. <laughs> I feel like I make up for all of uh, Moira's lost words in Morale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Morale is probably the most talkative character <laughs> yeah. I've ever played. Yeah. But there is an end point coming. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how many sessions are going. It might be another year or two. Five years from now. Yeah, <laughs> five years from now, you'll see it. But it's Sands old and gray. When we're celebrating yeah, the second that's, five years that's, from now. Yeah, I was going to say, no, that's like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. when Everybody, Dan had a birthday, so. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old. Yep. He is. A rye 35-year-old in our hearts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I, miss, I miss those days. Unfortunately, <laughs> in his heart, he's 60 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, considering all the fried chicken we just yeah. ate. And, I yeah. think we all yeah. are a little bit. Yeah, we're all. Yeah. But as I was Today, saying, we're all 40. <laughs> as a, your individual <laughs> stories have combined into one endpoint that I know the end. Well, kind of know the end. Depends on if you... I don't know if David rolls David dies and completely screws it up. But it, there's an we end point. We could just ahead. decide to murder all of us. No, we know exactly how this ends. I mean, Lugo Hedeclad was like... In the middle of the ocean, last we checked. <laughs> so we get there, and as soon as we find them, well, <laughs> <laughs> the so, it's yeah. that whale we saved. So technically, you did have a hand in killing your people. <laughs> there you Twice. go. <laughs> that would be great. Yep. Uh, well, with running an epic, I mean, I'd recommend. Um, is there anything about your storytelling style now that you're running a long-term game that's not? I mean. When we started Longshot, one of the requests we had was, everybody knew I was going to bring this up, oh, God. was that you wouldn't just go by the seat of your pants, that you would have a plan for the storyline, for, for the, uh, the, cam- the campaign. You believe that, sure? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and with that in mind, because we understand, and I'm juxtaposing this with Unhallowed, where you seem to definitely have an idea, so I know that it's not a struggle for you to come up with this stuff. I'm curious, do you think there's anything that you can augment with your storytelling style that would allay the fears that some of us have? I'll speak for myself. When you say stuff like, I'm going to, like, I don't know where the story is going, you've had a year of warm-up. <laughs> Uh, like we, we've worked out our characters. We, we've worked out our characters. We got serious sides. We got funny sides. We got backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We got power sets. We've got arcs. We know where we want mechanically. We've even worked out, steamed out, uh, ironed out, uh, the kinks in, uh, the system. Mm-hmm. And we love it. We, uh, I, uh, want you to, to want me. I need <laughs> you to need me. I'd love you. We're done here. <laughs> Look, I'm begging. You. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm simply saying you hey, did it for one of these. Uh, hand off the other one. <laughs> uh, you broke it. Yeah, I broke everything. Uh, no, sim- simply put, this is supposed to be an epic. You know, you want it to be an epic. We're we're open to that. Uh, I would recommend, like, looking at your storytelling style, and this is not like an, this is not, uh, meant to be a dig, but you're doing it for Unhollowed. We never question that you have a plan for Unhollowed. Do that for third season. Yep. Like, d- don't, like, don't even in a moment of, of, of honesty, or as I would call it, weakness, mm-hmm. tell us that you didn't have a plan. Always have a plan. Yep. We will work with your plan. But we don't have any more X factors. So yep. seeing like where the game goes, you know exactly where it's yeah. going to go. We've all. What are you talking uh, about? When uh, Vekas gets to level six, he gets a third twin. So it's <laughs> <is> pretty exciting. <laughs> oh my oh god, god! Is this like the point in the sitcom where they add the new, like the new baby? Yeah. Oh, absolutely! D- talking dog. Ethnic ethnicity. He's going to actually be a mutant. He's like, hey guys, I'm the mutant Vekas. 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 You're just going to pop out. Well, well. <laughs> okay, so I have a plan. Here's the thing. For example, with Unhallowed Metropolis, mm-hmm. first session I had a pl- I had idea. It was like, oh, there would be, like, you find a lich in a cave or something. Mm-hmm. But I never really had an overarching plan because I didn't think the game would continue. When you guys wanted a second episode, I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. So I just, that second game, I went to sleep by my pants. I fully admit that. But as the story continued, I eventually, like, when I realized what each of you wanted for your story... I had an endpoint. Same thing with Numenera. In the beginning, even though I made promises and then forgot about those promises. Uh, in the beginning, there was darkness. In the beginning, there was darkness. You guys now have, I have an idea of what you character, all your characters need. There's an endpoint now. Just make sure to also, um, cause I'm awesome at storytelling, cause I do it so often. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know what our character need, but also make sure to know what you can do to make sure our character wants to stay. Yes. Like, just so, if, if say, uh, if Moral finds her people, just why continue walking with mm-hmm. us if we still have a story? Oh, yeah. Or sure. if, uh, that, that's all I'd say. Yeah. But I'm yeah, happy I think that has been a little bit of, uh, a motivation problem that I've felt at times because a lot of the obstacles that we've faced in season two have been a lot of fun and very interesting, but they've also felt very external. It's like, you can't leave this town until you solve the murder mystery. Yep. And or, I'm like, I'm not a. Or the ghost. It's like, you know, you guys had to figure out what's going on with the ghost. They're, they're more active. It's like, cool. No, that's but, fair. You know, they're kind of entertaining. I, I hope and, people and sell were, tickets. There were cool stories involved with all of those. Uh, 
I, I don't want I, I don't want to come off like what the fuck were you doing, yeah, Jesus? Yeah. It was really cool stories. I totally understand wanting to explore them, but I think especially if there is an endpoint in sight, I it doesn't always have to be like each individual character's motivation needs to come into every single session. I think overall, I think it'd be really great if if obstacles came from our backgrounds, if obstacles came from yeah, what if one of us does find a place where it's like okay, maybe this isn't my end goal, but this seems. It seems like a pretty decent place to settle down, so maybe I will just chill here and wait to end the world mm-hmm. in luxury. I mean, yep. he, I think he has been doing that a lot, though, lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of our current opponents have been like, you know, that monster that was following you, that was kind of tied to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to Morale's background, uh, fellow assassins from, uh, Tago's background, the mouth god <laughs> things, uh, from yeah. mine, the, the church from, uh, from, uh, Beckus yeah, and, and Barracks. It's becoming more personal. Your yeah. So I think, I think he's, he, you know, we're seeing progress towards that a yeah. lot more. In the beginning, it was more about exploring the world of Numenera because I just loved reading all the weird stuff and, hey, there's a sunny city of echoes. Why? But now I've, now it's going to be more focused on what's happening with you guys. Okay. Um, follow up question. And this is for the benefit of our listeners. Um, because this is a this was a unique circumstance a situation for us, but you took a two month break from Numenera, from GMing, from GMing. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Can you talk about the break you took, why you took it, and what you think you you took away from a two week moratorium? Moratorium. Two okay. Two month. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but moratorium is moratorium correct. on storytelling. Well, I decided to take, well, I didn't really decide, uh, you guys forced me to take a two-month break for my own good. We, we did have an intervention. Yeah, we did we had have a convention. Like, uh, for those guys listening in who didn't already guess, I love GMing, even more than I love playing. I love GMing games. Creating stories in my head and having you guys play in the world, my little world of secrets is fun to me, because <laughs> I'm a crazy person. Because I like it so much, I don't realize when I'm perhaps a little stressed when I'm GMing a game. I noticed it finally when I, we had that last session of uh, the last session of Numenera after that uh, roll of the epic one session that we had, yeah. like four ones in a row. And then when we got back, and I for some stupid reason had Cohen, even though I I should have known he didn't have onslaught. Yeah, trying to do onslaught, and, and when like, he said use he fucking onslaught, and I kept saying I use fucking onslaught. <laughs> yeah, so 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 you yeah. you. You assumed he had a power that would kind of tie yes. up a loose end. Yes, and then I, for, because I, because he's the buffer. I know he's a buffer. I, I looked at his character a hundred <laughs> times. For some reason, I forgot it. And instead of just like rolling with it, I was like, I wasn't okay. I was frustrated a little bit. I was just half joking, but I was like, just fucking do onslaught. Do something else. It's like, no, yeah, I can literally not. Have my and shape. at that point, I realized maybe it's time for a break. <laughs> you yeah. guys are right. Maybe it's time for a break. Months. And after say two months of being away from him and just playing games. First off, I do still miss GMing, but I needed this. I needed to break away from it to just relax and mess with your games and be that asshole because I love playing in assholes in various games. Yes, and now that I'm back awesome. and I've had plenty of time to think about what to do with Numenera and Hollow Metropolis and etc., I'm going to kill each and every one of you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, no, but seriously. I'm, I'm not sure whether he means setting character out of character, guys. Yes. No, no, seriously. <laughs> Dan, having reached his latest milestone, <laughs> welcomes the sweet embrace of death. Like, either way, I get what I want. Seriously, though, seriously though, after my two months of relaxation, I'm ready to go full-on rockets prepared, full-on great storytelling GMing. All right. I'm all psyched up. Cool. Yep. All Who's right. on Slack, Dan? 
All right, I think that's uh, pretty much it for uh, for our Numenera talk here on uh, Geeky Topics Roundtable Discussion at Fanable.com, actual play podcast. We hope that you liked this conversation. If you want to understand what kind of crazy mouth sounds we're making, then go to uh, the first episode of The Long Shot. That is our ongoing Numenera campaign. And it is uh, called The Long Shot because we didn't even know if we would ever make it through one uh, season because uh, it's kind of new for us to be able to stay focused this mm-hmm. long on a game. So, and if you ha- if you do want to, if you are going back to uh, episode one because you've you've missed something, uh, this is the great time to do it because we're taking a couple weeks off now yes, before uh, season three. About starts. a four or five week break. Yeah. All right. So, so come back in October. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds about yeah, right. Just about right. Yeah. October ish for new episodes. Yep. October ish. All right. So. Uh, I have been your moderator, Dave. You can find me on Fanable. You can find, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find Sometimes. me on. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Distractionista. Uh, I'm Dan, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Katsushiro. I'm Billy, and you can find me on Twitter at The Mindful Fool. I'm Jesus. You can find me on Twitter at Arvandis. And I'm Angela. You can find me on Twitter at Angela Craft. So thank you very much for listening. Oh, and uh, for those of you who want to shoot a comment in the comment section, let me ask you a question. In the realm of Numenera, in the Monty Cook sentence, I'm a blank, blank who blanks, um, what are you? For instance, I'm uh, I'm a uh, funny weirdo who yells into microphones. Okay. Uh, and also one more thing, uh, great fanable fan Daniel Allardyce has a new season three track that we're going to attach to the end of this particular, particular episode. Yeah. So right. go ahead and listen and see what season three has in store for you.